Hello and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. Hope all of you are doing well. You know, as always, we sit and ponder and ponder about what are we going to talk about? But you know, one of the things we decide to talk about this week is setbacks and how do we do a reset? We can have setbacks for so many reasons. There's so many reasons out there. And you know, I work with a lot of people, a lot of vets, so they have a lot of physical injuries that they are trying to overcome, trying to figure out, you know, how do I now live with this injury? But one of the things I have found, and you know, we've talked about is that with setbacks, it's it's a mindset. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, and, and you know, we get these ideas and we have to write them down. We got to do all this stuff. because. But one of the things we had talked about was that I feel, and you know, you kind of agreed that sometimes people get so stuck in their past, that self that they see in the past, that they're not living to the fullest in this present moment with what they are in this moment. Right. They're not focused on the now because they're so focused on what their life looked like prior to whatever that setback is. And it can be a physical injury. It can be emotional. It can be, it can be death. It can be changing new jobs. There are so many things. It could be the loss of a relationship. Lots of things. That create that setback that people will have. And then it's, then it becomes, and what we want to talk about today is how do we get unstuck, basically, mm-hmm. because it's easy to get stuck. And I guess in some ways, it's the amount of time that we spend focused on whatever that is that creates that. That's kind of going to be our focus today. And I mean, do you think in your life, do you have those moments where you sit there and you know that there was a setback, whether it was in your holidays for or people coming and visiting or things like that can set us back on our a little bit. We've talked about that a little bit, you know, when you get out of your routine and that it feels like a setback, especially I guess with holidays and things like that, people tend to eat things they don't normally eat and that. And sometimes that feels like a setback, but sometimes I think that we get so wrapped up in that setback. We're focused on like, whether it be guilt or whether it be, it's some kind of shortcoming. And we become so focused on that that I feel like that we can't give that self-love the way that we need to and that acceptance of ourself and the moment that we're in. I think sometimes people have a hard time holding space for themselves, Definitely. you know, or and even showing themselves a little bit of grace. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it's really hard. But I think, you know, when we look back at when we do those things of, oh, but I remember when I was, you know, when before the injury, I was able to run, I was able to lift weights, or I was able to water, whatever it is anybody does. And they'll talk about those days being the good days. But when you're so focused on that, you're stuck in a memory and the good memory now almost has a negative thing to it. Right. Well, and again, you're not focused on the moment. So you're not seeing what you are capable of in this moment. And I think that's the big thing is, you know, I think that in any circumstance, there's potential in it and there's strength in it. But I think sometimes we forget, you know, maybe sometimes when we lose our physical strength, we go to our mental strength or, you know, whatever that is. Or maybe we don't, we can't run a 5K, but maybe we can walk one or we can walk half of one or whatever that is. But we we tend to think that if we have that injury or that loss or whatever it is, whatever that circumstance is, therefore we're less than. Right. We always feel like we come up short when we can't do what we did before. But the fact is that if you could focus, shift your focus to what you can do, how much more, I mean, 
you find peace in it eventually, but it has to become a practice to be able to get back to that place where that you feel confident again to build up that confidence, even if it's not doing the same thing that you were doing before. Like you said, if you have to walk it instead of run it, but there are, it's forward motion. And we've had this conversation a bit with your mom. Yeah. Really wanting to encourage her to be present in this moment of what you can do in this moment. And so even when she was in rehab, she wasted those first couple of weeks of rehab being in that place of why well, can't do it? This isn't how I was. Well, and unhappy with the place that she was at because she had to be in a rehabilitation center and that was really difficult for her. So that was definitely a setback and she hasn't been mobile for some time. So, I mean, that has been really a struggle for her and I've tried to help her shift her focus to what you can do in this moment each day. Even we told her, do build up your arms, build up your core, do and it's anything that keep any mobility, do a little leg lift. But this, be, I think, becomes the other thing is that it's like people start it and they want the results immediately. Right. And once again, it's that game that our brain plays on us in that we picture back when we could do it, but we forget the journey to do it. We only see that end result and we think, well, I could do this. You didn't start out running a 5K. You built up to it. But see, we forget that piece. We only look at that end. Mm -hmm. But it messes with our mind. Yeah. It really does. And then it's like, well, I could run that 5K. I can do it now or whatever that is, not understanding that everything's a build up to something. And even when you get to a place where, you know, whether it's an injury or a loss or whatever that is, that has caused that setback, it's how do I start again, even if it means I have to start a little bit at a time. Yeah. You have to have that patience with yourself and shifting that focus back to, like we say, the present moment and those little things that you can do because those are building blocks to more and not because they people become so focused on what they could do before. And I think that that's what keeps people stuck. And not just the physical piece, but, you know, I think also people like say a person grows up in poverty, then they get to a place where they're not in poverty, but their brain stays stuck in poverty. So it's like they really made money because they want to say travel, buy a car, buy a house, you know, have three kids, I don't know, whatever it is they want to do. But they can't even enjoy that because they stay stuck once again, in that thing of I don't ever want to be in poverty, or we're using that as things that the mental piece of it, mm -hmm. or I never want to be fat again. So they don't even appreciate where they're, they can be well-toned now, but their thought process is still in the past. So it can be a negative thing as well. Mm -hmm. You know, not just a positive, not like, oh, wow, I want to be like I was when I was all toned and buff and athletic and I can't do that now. It can also be the opposite. I don't ever want to be, if you felt like you were overweight or whatever, I don't ever want to be that. So they never get to appreciate where they're at because mm -hmm. there's that fear or whatever. Yeah. And I think that you can become fixated on a lack of or the fear of being back where you were or, you know, losing something else. And when your mind becomes so fixated on, on that piece of it, it won't look for solutions to do anything else. Well, I, I think you're right. I think it gets so stuck in, it's so ingrained. And, you know, you can even have people encouraging you saying, oh, but you know, you look really great now. Blah, blah. Oh, but I'm never going to be that again. Well, the thing is, is you, Everything we do, we have to know that we do in this moment. Mm. So if I did really great and I didn't eat sugar, say, then be 
grateful for how I feel in this moment because I didn't say if eating sugar made me feel bad, whatever that is. But we're so busy. Our mind messes with us in a way, Mm -hmm. but it's because we're feeding it. Whether we do it on a conscious level or not, we continue to feed them. And you and I will go through this sometimes because sometimes I will get frustrated because I don't always have the time to work out in that. And then it's not really the time to work out. It's how I prioritize. I, you know, we realize that too. It's the priority of it. But, you know, you'll always tell me, but hun, even if you've done something. Mm-hmm. So that has really helped shift that with me. So I'm there like, okay, if I can get in two miles before work, then I've done something. I have done met some type of goal or whatever and then I can shift and then it's like okay then I can plan the meals around or whatever that is Mm -hmm. but we have had setbacks you know whether it's getting sick or stuff like that or sometimes I'll I grew up on a farm ranch so I have a few little injuries from that from sports things like that and then so for me I know if that injury or something kicks in and then I'm off that routine for a few days. It's like my brain, I have to really consciously and with intention work on that component with it. Yeah. Because that part of the thing becomes, I don't want to re-injure it. Uh-huh. You know, so there's all these little, all this little talk going on. And that goes back to having patience with yourself. I know that if I have something that I'm doing or that, and I feel something shift with the back or something like that. And it's not bad or whatever. But if you keep pressing, sometimes you make things worse. So you kind of just you have to have patience with yourself. You don't have patience with yourself when it comes to working out. Yeah, it's a hard one for me. Why is that? I don't know, because I just feel like, I mean, I always want to press through and just keep going. And but I have worked on it. I should get a little better with it. <laughs> but even if she wasn't feeling well, she'd still want to go work out. And they're like, "Hun, let the body heal. Then you can go back. But if you don't, then what happens? Then you have to take off another day and another day. Yeah. You know, our bodies do that. It, but also, once again, being patient with it and stuff like that. And I tell people, too, the other thing I always tell people is shutting off that chatter in your head that's not even yours. Because so much of the time, the stuff that we bring forward, you know, if we actually sit with it for a minute, and we say, where did I even hear that at? I was having this conversation with one of my clients uh, yesterday, heard a, somebody made a comment about weight and then it stuck in them. But the comment could have been interpreted two different ways, but it was the way in which the client interpreted it. So now they're in this place of, I don't want to be fat. I don't want to be, and they're not. But, and that's what we talked about. I said, at some point, in order for you to get past this, you have to kick out those people. And like I tell people, stop letting ideas, thoughts, take up residency with you. They're not paying rent. They're not giving you anything. Kick them out. Kick them out. Invite those people in that are nurturing those pieces of you. Well, and along those lines too, kick out those thoughts because Mm -hmm. absolutely, it's that, you know, we've talked about that self-talk and that will keep you stuck. If you are constantly, I think, feeding the energy of what you don't want, that's what you can expect because you're, you're fixated on that. You know, and I always tell people when I do treatment plans and stuff, they'll say, well, I don't want to be sad. I says, well, I can't write it in a negative. Tell me what you want, not what you don't want. Oh, well, I want to be happier that I can do. But I don't want focuses on what it is you don't want. So I don't want to be sad. So now we focus on sad. I don't want to be, I don't want to be weak or all of these things. That negative word in there 
shifts in the brain. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like if you tell somebody, and don't forget the keys, all they hear is forget the keys. Mm-hmm. Now, if you say, hey, remember the keys, it's, oh, I have to remember keys. It's those little things. And that's why I love the brain so much and why I do my focus is a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy. Like I tell you, if I cannot change the way you think, we are not going to change the emotion and we're not going to change the behavior. And we learn through repetition. Yes. That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. It is practice. And, you know, oftentimes it's the practice piece that bothers people. <laughs> right. Well, it, it practice takes some consistency. Yeah. It takes some doing because like you were just saying, using that example, don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do that. You'll hear people say that all the time. But if you could shift your mind to remember to do this, remember to do that, you will have better success with that. And we talk about this. It's not time. It's not that we don't have time. It's how we prioritize time. It's our concept of even like with your mom say, well, I don't have time for that. That's all you've got is time where, you know, where she's at or those kind of things. But we will start to, what happens is we Mm self-sabotage. So it's even like, oh, I can't work out. I don't feel good. Or, oh, I can't work out because this, or, oh, I can't. But not understanding we're keeping ourselves in that place of the past or what we're doing is we're saying, I can't be that person I was 10 years ago. So I'm going to make excuses for why I have to be the way I am today. And that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. Because it pushes you down. Because, you know, if you stay in that place of guilt or what you can't do or those kinds of things, it just... It does not motivate you in any way to move out of the space that you're in. And I think that's a lot of times what I know I have done in the past as far as even like diet and exercise and weight loss, those kinds of things would just basically give up on myself in the past because of whatever I splurged or I didn't work out the day before. So I don't feel like doing it today. You continue to beat yourself up and you will beat yourself down even more. And even like with you, you know, and, you know, we've talked about this a lot in our relationship, you know, around the weight stuff is it's those messages you heard that you didn't even realize was impacting you to not be your healthiest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Growing up, I mean, you know, I, I didn't have any idea about healthy ways of eating and those kinds of things. So I really started to believe that that's just the way that I was, you know, breakfast of the champions was chocolate cake or something like that. (laughs) I mean, that's how I grew up. So it was, you know, I had no concept of the ability to do something different. And through time and effort and practice, I realized I could change that. And you know, when you say that, because people don't know you, even for you, eating fruit was one of those things that, I mean, I grew up eating fruit. I love fruit. I love vegetables. Mm-hmm. And what were you with fruit and vegetables? <laughs> now, if I was not about eating fruit, it was never sweet enough for me because I was used to eating the super sweet stuff like candy and cake and that kind of stuff. So you love mangoes. I love mangoes. So I, it took a lot of practice to be able to get to where I could say I like, really like certain fruits because I, it's funny because like I eat completely differently than, you know, when I was younger and my mom will see how I eat now. And she's just, it's, she's blown away because she can't believe that I like some of the foods that I like, 
But I have told her over time, you really can change your palate a little bit. I'm not saying there's, there are certain foods that I am never going to like. Celery. <laughs> that She's, is one of she them. She says it tastes like scotch tape. <laughs> well, if scotch tape had a taste, I think that would be it. So, <laughs> but I had to learn. And if I kept trying certain things just a little bit at a time, I was able to change the palate so that I can... I'll eat fruit sometimes now for a dessert. Before that wasn't dessert to me. (laughs) And so that was really weird for me. I'm not a real big chocolate that either. So that was something, you know, because she always, it was always a piece of chocolate. It was always a piece in milk chocolate, Mm -hmm. you know, and those kind of things. But it was that, it was hard. And, you know, because we talked a lot, a lot about it is getting out of that old mindset. Mm -hmm. And believing that you could be more athletic, that you could, because you didn't do gym. No, uh -uh, I didn't have any kind of physical activity when I was younger, really. Yeah. And I remember you would always say stuff like, well, I don't know how to do, I can't do that. I'm not sporty. I'm not athletic. That I really believed those things about me. But through this journey, I've realized that those things aren't true and that I can build muscle tone and I can be faster and more agile and those kinds of things. So that's, that's even helped me, you know, with my hobby of skating and that. It's kind of like we went to Los Ventanas in the San Luis Valley and you got to climb up and uh, Kathy G, when she said, you're like a billy goat. (laughs) I mean, you just scaled right up there and your cardio, everything kind of changed with that. And, and I think part of it is, is what I think is really key is having a support system too. Yeah. Because we really work on that with each other. If I'm, you'll tell me, no, you know, kind of do this or, you know, mine is mostly around working out, which sucks because I really, once again, back to going to the past, I used to love working out. Loved it, loved it, loved it. But, you know, as I've started processing that, a lot of it is I don't want to re-injure my back, my knee, you know, so it's been kind of some of that stuff. But now I just do, you kind of help me with that too, because I really don't have that time, so but I'll do stuff in between my clients even. Mm-hmm. But it's changing that mentality around it, even like if I'm doing steps and stuff and I'll tell you, oh, geez, my knee, and you'll just tell me, well, just slow down. Yeah. <laughs> or you know what I mean? Because you don't think about it because you, you still go back to that place of, oh, man, I remember when I could do 10,000 steps in no time or this, that, or the other but it's once again having that consistency and and if you can find that support system i think that is huge having that support system once again letting them take up residency in your mind and getting rid of the negativity that has been in there for so very long is i think a really key thing because that encourages you i know we do better when we are doing things together sometimes mhm definitely having that support is is a big thing. And I know that not everybody has that. So, I mean, I know I'm grateful that we do have each other to support each other in that way. And especially, I think after somebody does have a setback, if you have that person that you can talk to about, you know, what you're dealing with. I mean, even though now it nothing is like it's a journey from beginning to end, there's this always this practice that you will have You can feel like you mastered something and you may have some type of setback, but you, you can recover from that and realizing that. And sometimes that's hard to do. And I know even for you, after your dad passed away, that was a huge mental setback for you, which also impacted your physical because we had 
that's when we were just starting the physical stuff at the job and all of that. And we had those moments where you just kind of, everything just kind of stopped. And then it was, but you didn't stop, you know, even though it was a real struggle, it wasn't like you stopped working mentally to get better or working physically to get back into that routine because we would go walking all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that that did help me. I didn't even realize how much at that time. I think, you know, when you can become focused on that moment and you're doing those things, sometimes it takes your mind off of the other stuff that you feel like is not working. And so I think that having that physical outlet at that time, just doing the walking because we were doing a step program. And I think that it really did help me, but I just, I didn't even realize to what degree it was helping me. And I agree because, you know, we were both, unemployed at that time. So it was a really difficult time for us. Fast forward three years after your dad passed, we were unemployed. And I remember feeling that because mm-hmm. then I, I it was like, oh my God, I have to have a job. You know, just you kind of go through that whole repeat recycle kind of thing. And you really get into this thing of hopelessness sometimes. I mean, I feel like that, and mm-hmm. that's where a lot of people get stuck. So, you know, it was like, oh, still in bed. Oh, don't care. And then you shift away from a routine. So then (laughs) it's like chaos in your mind, really, to have that when you go through something like that. So I know that you work with people, too, on, you know, setting up a schedule for yourself and realizing how much that helps you. And, you know, I can actually do that with my clients now because I can say I remember that time when I didn't have a schedule. So everything just kind of there was no ending, middle, beginning, nothing. It was just like. You lose your focus. Yeah. And then I remember this went on for, I don't know, two or three weeks after we didn't have a job and we were both just kind of, and then we kind of had that conversation of, no, we got to, we got to get up every morning at a certain time. Still got to get up. You got to get dressed. You got to make the bed. You got to do certain things. When we made it, we got to go for a walk. Yeah. And we started reading. Yes. Uh, So we started reading things like The Secret. We started reading things like by Eckhart Tolle, all of those different things to help get us in a better place to help build up the self-love again. I think, yes, you know, because of that setback, I feel like a loss of love for ourselves in that way. And it just became, you know, when you don't have a focus or anything like that, you just kind of flounder about. And I think that's really the thing. It's not just a matter of, you know, somebody sitting there and saying, Oh, I have to be healthy. So I'm just going to start working out. Because there's a mental component to it. These two things go hand in hand. And so much of the time when we're not addressing both of them, we do not have as much success. Well, and it's really hard sometimes to get the brain on board. (laughs) It's so unruly. You just constantly, you know, are dealing with that internal dialogue of self-doubt or ridicule in some way. It seems like that you're constantly having to, and I know one of the things that you always tell me is remind yourself that this is faulty thinking. And that really does help. And sometimes I even have, I still struggle with remembering those words to tell myself. So that tells you right there. I mean, your brain just wants to go off on a rant and sometimes we just let it. (laughs) And so for anybody out there who's listening, if you're in one of those spirals and you're sitting there thinking, oh my God, I'm so stupid, or whatever the verbiage is, if you sit and you tell yourself consciously, this is faulty thinking, the brain goes, er, it knows what faulty means. You can't sit there and say to the brain, well, this is a bad thought, because those are moral judgments. It's kind of like you can't, the brain doesn't 
know how to discern that because one time it can be bad and one time it can be good. So it's kind of muddled when you talk about a feeling-based thing. But, and I will have clients who I work with this, especially if they're highly anxious, I'll tell them, remind yourself, this is faulty thinking. And they will come back to me and they will say, how come that works? What is going on? I need to understand this. And I explain to them, it's giving a different message to your brain that it can actually understand. And I'll do it. If I get on a thing where I'm, I'll be there like, oh no, this is faulty thinking. And it's the weirdest thing. It, I can feel it stop. It stops everything else because your <laughs> mind can be racing and fixated on something negative. And if you consciously say that to yourself, this is faulty thinking, it will stop that racing thought. And you may have to do it a few times because the brain, like I said, it's unruly like that. And, you know, I had this little girl, I see mom, but she started having a lot of faulty thinking about religion and God because she didn't understand it. She's a little. So, you know, everything became all just messed up in her head. She wasn't sleeping. She was feeling bad if she did something wrong. She had <laughs> confess. It was like, oh my God, it was just messing with her. And it very quick. It happened very quickly. So that's how fast these things happen. We don't even realize. But the mom said, you know, I, I know the little girl. She goes, can you talk with her? I went and we talked with her. I told her the magic words. This is faulty thinking. And she would use it. We were able to stop it very quickly. Mm -hmm. Very quickly. And she would say, she has to say her magic words would stop it. So it works. And I've seen this work in my practice. It works with me. You've talked about it working with you. Those things, because we have to stop that in order to be successful. Once again, get rid of it. Kick it out. Mm -hmm. We have to remember, it's amazing when we can look back on our past and we can see those moments and, and we can embrace them and say, oh, yeah, I remember when I could do that. And also remembering, you know, when you, you're sitting there saying, yeah, I remember when I was 20 and I did that. Remember, you're not 20. <laughs> mm -hmm. And other things became more important or whatever. But we can't go back. We can go visit, but that's all it should be is a visit. Mm -hmm. And then we come back into this present moment, and then we start saying, what can I do in this moment to be the best version of me? And that's what you really have to do, because some of those setbacks, yes, they can be so detrimental and change your life so completely, you know? It's like, you know, I know that you have a friend that used to, she would work with her hands because she did, what was the art? Uh, bronze. Used? bronze, doing the molding of that, and then having trouble with her hands being able to do that. And that was her life's work. So I understand there are those things that happen that people have to completely shift. But you know what? She did. She went into doing painting instead. And that's the thing. But it's still, especially if it's a love or a passion that you have, that is hard. Because mm -hmm. if you have that love and you have that passion to feel like it's taken away from you. But I guess instead it's, I guess my thing would be to shift it to, I'm so grateful I had that opportunity and that time in my life. What can I do differently now? Because if I'm holding on to what I did, I will never embrace what I can do, right? who I can be. And I think that's the thing that I see, even when I'm working with clients, and it's that thing of, I tell them, it's practice, it's practice. And they struggle with the practice piece of it. I think we all do. And I think part of it is because we buy into, it's hard for us to shift, to not buy in to that thought process that has been there a long time. I tell people, how long have you had this problem? Oh, I don't know, seven years. Okay, well, I don't have a magic wand. I cannot fix this. You know, because a lot of times 
well, how many times do I have to come? I don't know. We just met. <laughs> you know, <laughs> can I get to know you first? Can And you know what I mean? And then, and I will tell them, if this took seven years, if you've been dealing with this for seven years, you've instilled this in you for seven years, I get a little bit of time to change it because I do not have a magic wand and I cannot change it overnight. And I don't change it anyway, is what I tell them. I say, you change it by doing the practice. You do the practice. I'm fortunate. I really feel blessed and fortunate because I really feel that in my career, I have had amazing, amazing clients who have really been invested in their treatment. Mm -hmm. And they have worked so hard and they have had so much growth. That is not me. That is them investing in themselves. Right. Just as even though we encourage each other and do all of that, it still starts with my investment in me and your investment in you. We just get to enhance that. Mm -hmm. And I think that becomes a thing, but there's going to be resistant to those things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, especially when it's a mindset that you've grown up with. Sometimes it's that. And that's like dealing with hard wiring and you've got to really work at it to change those thoughts. It was making me think of your cousin, William. When he came, he's from Alabama, and he was staying, and he goes, what y'all eating? <laughs> yeah. And we're there, uh, shallot. And he comes into the kitchen. He's standing behind me and goes, y'all eating weeds. That looks like stuff out of the yard. <laughs> yeah. And I looked at him and I said, dude, do you want a salad or not? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I made a salad. He freaking loved it. Absolutely loved it, yeah. Loved it. Because once again, his idea of salad was probably lettuce. Mm-hmm. Well, I do a salad. I put all kinds of greens and colors in it and everything. He loved it. Yeah. And he didn't grow up with that. So no, he had no concept of healthy eating, really. It was, you know, Southern fried foods and And we would talk to him. Yeah. And he loved his soda. Yeah. And, and we would tell him, dude, just drink less soda. And then he got to where he wasn't drinking any. He actually lost weight. Yeah, he did. So, but it was that thing of at first, and your mom says the same thing. Y'all eating the weeds out of the backyard. (laughs) Yeah. She gets real Southern accent when she says that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what it is. Sometimes because we don't know it, we don't want to try it. Or, I mean, even that was the other thing. Because when uh, I was making something and I made asparagus and your mom goes, oh, Christy don't like asparagus. And you're going to go, yes, I do. It's like, well, when did that happen? <laughs> You'll blow people away when you really start changing your habits. <laughs> <laughs> because once again, they're used to the old person that they know. And, you know, it's always great when they can, you know, you can invite people in on your journey and, and they actually become a part of that journey by watching it, encouraging it. And, you know, we have that with the, the group of ladies, you know, Kathy G, Kathy Weber, Heather, Sylvia, Mm-hmm. We have this amazing team because we were in the same office for seven years. Yeah. And now we have this amazing friendship. But what's really cool is we do that. We encourage each other on whatever those journeys are, whether it's weight loss, whether it's whatever's going on in our mind, uh, all of those kind of things. So, but we talk about it. That's how we invite people in mm-hmm. is we have those conversations. How is this working for you or you and Kathy G about stretching and her with her (laughs) (laughs) stretching and working out and all of those things. You know, one of the things that I really love and admire about Kathy G too, I got to share this is 
meditation. She struggles with meditation. Mm-hmm. Okay. She will admit it. I struggle with it. Her brain doesn't shut down like that, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? She has been persistent. Mm-hmm. She will not let it get the best of her. And that is one thing about her. She will not. And it is that persistence and that dedication to being more healthy. Exactly. And the consistency of just keep going with it, keep going with it. Because, and I think that's what happens a lot of times. People just give up on the idea and so they don't pursue it. But that's the thing. If you stay consistent with it over time, it makes a big difference. And you're not so identified with the emotions around things. You're able to put some space between you and that. And that's what helps change the mindset. Absolutely. Because you know, it changes with the thought. So if I can sit there and say, this is faulty thinking, it stops the thought, which then stops the emotion, which then stops the behavior or lack of behavior. Mm -hmm. But we have to stop it at that. We have to change the thought processes first in order to truly move past something or to truly embrace something or to embrace the moment we're in right now. Yeah. Accept ourselves for where we are. And I think people struggle with that a lot. And, you know, I think it is one of those things that it is a struggle. It's like I have another client who had knee surgery, really horrible time, loves to walk, be out in nature, cannot do it, could not do it because of his knees. He's one of my vets. And even the first surgery on that, he had the first knee surgery and it was like, he was hesitant to do it, obviously, because he should have had it done years ago. (laughs) But then we get it once again, it's in that mindset. We convince ourselves of all these things. Had that first knee done after it heals, loves it. Had his other knee done two or three months ago. It's healing now, having that mobility. But part of the thing is, is understanding we stop our mobility. We stop those things because of our mindset. Mm-hmm. Well, what if the surgery doesn't work? What if this doesn't work? We've talked with you with your mom about that. It's in the mind. Well, if I can't start with standing up. Right. Start with sitting up, then standing up. Then you can work, stand up for a minute, then walk. Those are the things to understand. And the body works in certain ways. You know, if I haven't used my muscles for days and days and days, I can't expect it to be my friend and (laughs) get up and do it. Right. We can't. Once again, it's that thing. But I think the same thing with her is she remembers when she can do all of it. And it's like, well, if I I can just do this. Mm -hmm. Because when she, again, you said the relationship with the mind. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. I mean, all of it comes from the mind. And I think that people get caught up in, you know, you've told me lots and lots of times, but we'll, our brain will automatically still try to do it, is you can't stop a thought with another thought. A lot of people think that they're trying or, or that they're going to change something by saying, Like if there's something that they're feeling negative about and they really think they're trying by saying, no, I'm not going to believe that way. I'm going to be positive about it or whatever like that. That alone doesn't change those negative thoughts that come in. And the reason it doesn't is because as soon as you have that negative thought, the feeling is already there. So changing the thought is not going to change the feeling. And that's one of the biggest things. You have to change the feeling around it. Yes. And so that's why if I sit there and say, this is faulty thinking, it stops the thought. Then I can implement another thought. Right. But what happens is then I just have this internal dialogue. I'm not good enough. Oh, yes, you are. I'm not good enough. Oh, yes, you are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like watching that tennis match, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And you're just sitting there finally saying, somebody just 
just get the point so that I know what's, am I I good enough or I'm not good enough? Because it gets exhausting for people. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's guilty of it. Yeah. Everybody has those thoughts. People are not immune to those thoughts that just kind of come in our head. You know, you're going along all fat, dumb, and happy. And then all of a sudden it's like, urge? (laughs) Where did that come from? Or you have the feeling. Like, why am I feeling that way? And I tell people, sit with your feeling. Figure out what is going on with you because you're still feeding it. And we've, you know, we talk about that all the time. What you feed is what will grow. What you feed is what will grow. And so if I'm even feeding, I'm going to be in this moment. I'm going to have gratitude for this moment. I'm going to have gratitude for what I am capable of doing at this moment. Then you can feel that power in it. And then you don't feel that sense of helplessness either. Because no matter if it's something big or small, it feels more like an accomplishment to you. Yeah. So that it starts with that that thought process of I'm grateful. The gratitude statement is still a thought. And then the feeling comes. They kind of merge very quickly with gratitude. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, I did do this today. And I tell people, um, if you're struggling, you can't get anything done. I said, you can make your bed. How many clients I have making their bed? Because <laughs> <laughs> I tell them, start with that. It like sets the tone for the day. It does. And I'll, or I'll tell them, make three goals. If I have people who are suffering with depression or things like that, set three small goals. Because they get frustrated and they beat themselves up because they haven't done anything. Nothing's getting done. I'll tell them, don't have to do anything. Just small, three small goals. But you don't understand how this. I said, I don't care how much you have to do. Set three small goals. Yeah. Making the bed. Maybe it's taking a shower. Maybe it's reading something or washing your dishes. I don't care what it is. Three small goals. And then pretty soon they're coming back to me saying, oh my God, I did my three goals. But then I found I ended up doing this, this, and this. Because the mind changes. Yep. The energy changes. And then I feel like I'm capable. Yep. They stop thinking about what they aren't getting done. And they're now living in the moment. Yeah. Once again, we can't live in the past. It had its time. It's done. We cannot bring it forward. We can't relive it. We can't redo it. We only have this moment. And that's why it's really difficult. Because sometimes people, the other thing they do is they get stuck in the future. Well, I'm going to work out and in eight weeks, I'm going to look like this. So they're so busy looking at eight weeks, they haven't done anything to get to the eight weeks. Exactly. You you can become so absorbed and focused on the end result that you're not looking at the step that you could take now to eventually accomplish it. You know, what's kind of cool to me and something I, I, we talk about and I talk about with my clients, it's the process. It's believing in the process because it's the growth that we get from the process that feels so good when we finally get to the end. But if I'm so focused on the end and I get there, but I'm focused on the end, I don't even know what I did to get there. It's not the same sense of accomplishment. Right. And it's not going to feel as rewarding anyway, because by the time you get to that moment, our brain is always working. Either it's working in the past or looking at the future. So even when you get to that moment, that moment is somehow, I feel like, diminished because then you're looking ahead at something else. So it's like you're chasing this elusive thing. If you're not in that moment, in the process of it and enjoying what you're doing in this moment, you get to that end, whatever it is, and you find out it's really not the end because you're constantly looking ahead to something else. And I think that's a really good way of putting that elusive moment because it does become 
this elusive moment. It becomes that thing where I feel like I've almost got it, but then it's not there. And the reason it doesn't feel fulfilling is because I never sat with it and I never enjoyed it. I never looked at what I did to get there. So that moment doesn't feel like it's supposed to feel. So it becomes elusive. It's like, well, I haven't got it yet. Mm-hmm. Not understanding, you've still reached the goal. Well, even when it arrives, like I say, mm-hmm. I mean, then your your brain shifts to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's kind of neat because we know that the brain is this amazing thing. And it's neat because we have the ability to change some of that stuff in the brain function. And it's just a matter of believing it and doing the work to make it happen. And once again, everybody's going to struggle with that. We're all going to have our moments. It don't matter who we are. Mm-hmm. We'll have some type of insecurity. We'll have the whatever it is. We're going to have those moments. But even when we have them, be in that moment, let it have its moment, and then move on from that moment. Let it go. Let it go. Leave it alone. And then shift to what is it I'm going to do in this moment? What is it that I want to accomplish? How do I want to feel? Once again, whether it's money or it's injury or whatever it is, if it's in your past, you got to let that go. You got to change the mindset around it. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, you got to stay stuck where you're at. And you have to hit that little reset button and says, okay, reset, that's done, and move it. But the thing is, is it's sometimes we have an emotional connection with those things, even if they're negative. It is what we know, and we become comfortable in what we know. Because it's scary to challenge yourself to step outside your comfort zone. And once you get into that comfort zone, it becomes so easy to become complacent then and not look at what you can do to move forward still. And I think that's the biggest thing is that complacency that we have. Well, it's not horrible. I guess I can live with it. Well, you know, but the thing is, is then you sit there and say, well, am I living or am I existing? Mm -hmm. My thing is, is we have one life, live it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do the best that you can with it. Look at athletes that have to come back from, you know, injuries and things like that. I was thinking about like uh, the fighter, Francis Ngannou, I believe it was a knee surgery he just had. I mean, think about if he thought about all of the time that he had to sit there in the hospital or whatever, and he wasn't able to get up and move. If he just stayed in that moment, he would never get back up and rebuild again and do what he needed to do. And and he can fight another fight. And I mean, it's people's livelihoods. Sometimes it's what we do that brings us happy, whether it's hiking or biking or running or, you know, if it's these outdoor things, climbing. When... That has to stop for whatever reason. And sometimes there are reasons. There are reasons beyond our control. But then it becomes, how can I still have a part of that with me? If it means I can't climb, can I still go out and sit? I can still sit outside. You know, and I, uh, that's what I appreciate about my one client who had the two knee surgeries. He would still go outside every single day. He would still commune with nature. So he still stayed. He kept that connection. Because that's how important it was. And that's the thing. How do we keep that connection? And how do we connect to this moment in a way that is stronger than our connection to the past or to the future? And those things maybe seem really small to us, you know, like him sitting outside, you know, that may seem really small to somebody, but it has a big effect. 
And once again, I swear it's like the man back home who we'd look out our window one day and we see him walking. And I mean, that was the slowest walk, but he was also probably 400 plus pounds. Yeah. And just slow, slow, slow. He would shuffle down the road really slow. But we, we watched his progress. Yeah. And then pretty soon it was a more and then more and then more. It had to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then he finally could drive a car. This is the thing. Something in him had to shift. And it was the brain. It starts there. Exactly. So work on having that. I tell people, be friends with your brain. Work on that relationship with your thoughts and stuff. Pay attention to what you are thinking. Pay attention to what it is you truly want. Mm -hmm. Be in this moment. Be okay with where you are in this moment. But know that it can be better. Know that you can do things to change. Stop the thinking. If there's too much going on, address it as faulty thinking. Mm -hmm. Then leave it alone. If it comes back, no, still faulty thinking. Leave it alone. Comes back, still faulty thinking. And then pretty soon the brain will not attend to it anymore. Yeah, and those thoughts won't have the same power. I know that uh, growing up I would hear like from grandmothers or or whoever that would say that's just the way I am you know that that's just who I am well but the thing is that you can change those things it takes some effort for sure you know the thing is is when we use that statement that's just who I am maybe in this moment if that's what you're choosing but we're always evolving or we always should be evolving even when we're stuck trust me there are things changing maybe it's a deeper evolution that we're not doing as well or whatever, but something is still changing within us. Nothing stays still with us. Mm -mm. You just listen to your brain. (laughs) That's why meditation is so amazing because when we meditate, the brain slows down. I was talking with uh, one of my clients and I was saying, you know, when we were meditating, I said, it's so weird you're meditating. And then, you know, when you start coming out of that meditation and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I do have a body. (laughs) (laughs) And they tell you, you know, fill your legs. And they're like, oh my God. Because that's what it does is it takes away everything and you become in that moment. And it helps to slow things down. People can do mantras, music, anything that's going to shift that brain, thought. But the biggest thing is, is have patience with yourself. Show yourself some grace. Remember that if you can't do it all, you can do something. Something is better than nothing. And it's that thing of practice, committing to it. And when you do that, you will persevere. You will get where you need to be. Invite people in on that journey so you're not doing it alone. So if you do have those moments when somebody wants to eat the chocolate fudge, (laughs) That the nice neighbors gave us for Christmas. Right. Milk chocolate at that. Yeah. Major trigger. (laughs) And I reminded you, it's okay. You can have some, but you just don't continue to have it. Mm -hmm. I've done so much better with that. But that's what I was saying, you know, earlier. It's continuous practice because even though you think you've mastered something or that, I mean, I do my best to leave milk chocolate out of my life (laughs) because it is such a trigger. But even during this holiday season, yeah, we had that. It was a gift. 
But I've been able to like And the gluten-free, soy-free uh, chocolate chip cookies. Oh, yeah. We had a couple of those, and then we were done. Yeah. But you just, you have it, you let it go, and you move on, and you realize you're not stuck. Just because you did something, yeah. you're not stuck. There. Don't deprive yourself. If you eat the cookie or the cake, don't have guilt. Guilt is worse for us. Just say, oh, man, I really enjoyed those cookies. Yeah, and then be done with it. Because otherwise you beat yourself up and, and you don't want to do anything. And how does that help you? <laughs> no, shoot, man. So we're going into a new year. So now is a time, a really good time, I think, to do that reset. Mm-hmm. Hit the reset. Work on changing the thinking in order to change your life. Slow down the thinking in order to change your life. And once again, invite those people in on your journey. And realize that there will be setbacks. But you can move forward from there. For us, everybody who listens... You're inviting us in. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Because you become a part of this journey. We think about these things. We talk about these things, about how we're changing our life, doing all the things we're doing. Then we share that with you. So it's this relationship that we truly appreciate. So with that being said, once again, address that faulty thinking. Don't stay stuck in the past. Get rid of those people and those memories or those ideas that are taking up residency in your brain that aren't paying rent or giving you anything back. Get rid of them. Make room for those other people and those thoughts that are going to be positive for you, help you get where you need to be. Yep. And with that, we really wish each and every one of you a very happy new year. And we hope it brings good health, prosperity, friendships, love, all those important things. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.